This is the James Cancer-Free World Podcast. I'm Steve Wartenberg, and today David Cohn is joining me as my co-host on this special episode all about Pelotonia memories. Pelotonia will celebrate its 15th ride weekend in a few days, and Steve and I will both be riding for the 15th year in a row. Pelotonia has raised more than $266 million for cancer research, and I've seen firsthand in my own department, in my clinics, and in my own patients how this money has funded cutting-edge science, our clinical trials, and screening programs, all of which have directly saved lives. Over the past couple of months, after we've recorded a podcast, I've been asking guests to share their favorite Pelotonia memories. We've collected them for this episode, and I thought, who better to co-host than Dave? Dave is a gynecologic cancer surgeon, and he is the interim chief executive officer of the James and the chief medical officer of the James. Plus, as Dave mentioned, he's ridden in every Pelotonia. Dave, I'm going to sit behind your wheel in this episode, and you're going to pull me to the finish. <laughs> And our first Pelotonia memory is from Tim Pollack, who you know very well. So why don't you introduce Tim? Great. And so it's an honor to be leading out this group and to have anyone on my <laughs> wheel. Um, I think you're highlighting the fact that science is a team sport. And so it really does take everybody pulling in the same direction. Tim is one of those individuals that is a scientist and a clinician uh, and a friend as well. So Tim is the chair of the Department of Surgery. He is a surgical oncologist who takes care of pancreatic cancer as his main specialty. Uh, he is an unbelievable scientist and health science researcher and has been here for many years and has a great Pelotonia story to tell. I have a lot of um, great memories from um, riding in um, the Pelotonia um, ride. Um, probably the first year. I, I, I just had come. I, I, th I think I started like a week before uh, the Pelotonia. And uh, I didn't have a bike. You know, I had some old bike, Pee Wee Herman bike. And I'm on a bicyclist, and I, I really didn't realize that bikes matter. So I actually uh, rode with this 40, 50-pound bike, big bike, big fenders and everything, you know, basket in the front. And I think like 20 miles into it, I was just dying, just <laughs> dying. And sure enough, comes by, you know, come rolling by me. It had to be some really um, pleasant 85-year-old uh, lady big smile on her face and uh, basically asked me how am I doing if I needed any help. She felt sorry for she you. She felt sorry for <laughs> me. And at that moment, I, I said that first thing I'm doing tomorrow is I'm going out and getting a new bike for next year. Um, but it's always a great experience to be out there. Um, I love the race. I love the jerseys. I love seeing who people are riding for. I love the people on the side of the road holding up pictures of their loved ones. So, it's just a great, great experience. So I'm curious, you, you just arrived, right? But you started working yeah. here soon before Palatani. So you didn't know anything about it. And did you have any idea it was going to be that big, that emotional? I didn't that, actually. Yeah. I mean, I was blown away with the so-called production value, how it was so organized, um, the number of people not only participating in the ride, but the number of people who supported the ride. As I mentioned, I, I just blown away by the people on the side of the road and the pictures and who people were riding for. And it was just, it was so much more than a bike ride, you know, it was, it's very emotional and you could just palpably feel this wave of enthusiasm and um, movement to really make an impact in the cancer space to move research research forward that would have a meaningful impact on a patient's lives. 
So Dave, that was a great introduction to everyone's first Pelotonia ride. We had our first Pelotonia ride in 09, and, and like Tim, we had no idea what to expect because it was new, something different. And what do you remember from that very first ride when you had no knowledge, expectations, or, or experience in something like this? Yeah, as a non-cyclist in 2009, I had no idea what to expect from you know being on a bike, being in a group but certainly had no idea what to expect about the experience of Pelotonia. Um, I'm not so sure I knew what a Peloton was, but <laughs> thinking about the relevance of the group of a cyc- the group cyclists that go faster together, like I said at the beginning, it's a truly a team sport. And I think that that is what I experienced. It is that the amount of volunteers that are there, the amount of cyclists that are there, the amount of spectators that are there cheering everybody on, holding signs, um, people's jerseys that say, I ride for somebody, a family member, a friend, or themselves, survivors on the road. It is truly an emotional experience, and um, I am you know, not hesitant to say that I've cried at every single Pelotonia on the road at some point in time, sometimes crossing the finish line, thinking about you know, my father that died of cancer or other family members or friends that have or have died of cancer as well. It is really an emotional experience that brings it all together about how Pelotonia, the fundraising that funds the science that hopefully eases the suffering so that we don't have to do this ever again. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I remember you telling me a while back, that first year, at some point you were riding with former Ohio State football coach Jim Tressel. Yeah, uh, at the beginning of the ride we did because we got there exceptionally late, not realizing (laughs) that you had to line up in a chute. So I think that we were amongst the last people and Coach Tressel was there as well. As I was riding down, it was actually on Neal Avenue at that point in time because it left from Chemical Abstracts, everybody is waving to me and my group. And, you know, I thought that we were some celebrities until I realized (laughs) that it was Coach Tressel that was next to us. So that was a pretty neat experience as well, him being recognized, but most importantly, him recognizing the importance of his being there, contributing to Pelotonia and to uh, helping to create a cancer-free world. Yeah, and I remember I was a cyclist back then and had been on a few fundraising rides and charitable rides and thought I knew what to expect, but I'd never been on one like this where a couple thousand people were lined up. Where Do you remember we were on that strip and chemical abstract of rubber or something? People in chalk had written, this ride is for my mom, this ride is for my uncle. People had the names on their back. And then Lance Armstrong comes across the grass (laughs) and then to the beginning and we went out with him. And then I have this memory. See, if you didn't we go through, ride through the James and people were out there patients were out there with, with their IV poles. There's always patients that end up supporting the ride and the riders. Again, that's the yeah, bench that, to bedside experience. They're recognizing the value of them helping to cheer on the group that but, ultimately leads but to But I think for me, that was that realization that it connected me to the James. I yeah. didn't really have a connection to the James until then. And then it was automatic. And then I remember as we were heading into Athens, you go on a bike path the last few miles and there was this uh, little girl with a sign that said, thank you, Dr. Ross, for saving my grandfather. And the grandfather was sitting there with her. It's amazing. That was, that. I might have shed a tear then too. Yeah. So I know what you mean when you say the emotions. There's always a connection that you have when you're on the ride, recognizing again how important it is about what we're doing on that day and what we do year round here at the James and the Comprehensive Cancer Center. But when people make the commitment to be out there to support riders, recognizing and giving back, it's really special. Yeah. So our next 
James Doc memory comes from Eric Singer. Dr. Singer is a urologist, uh, urologic surgeon. Uh, Dr. Singer is a recent uh, addition to the James family as a surgeon here. He came from Rutgers University to lead the division of urologic oncology. Um, he is a fabulous individual, has specific expertise in ethics as well as a competency that not a lot of physicians have, but he's this very well-rounded individual uh, that uh, complements our program exceptionally well. Yeah, we did a podcast a while ago, and I was very impressed by his enthusiasm, and his just he was just a nice guy. He's a very nice guy, as all of our physicians and our staff members are. Okay, here's Eric's memory. So I heard about it just as I was doing my research and sort of doing preparation for job interviews here and was really impressed with how it works. Saw the incredible enthusiasm from all the faculty and staff as well as the community across Columbus and across Ohio State, their support uh, for the Pelotonia. So I'm really excited about it. And then it was became very clear uh, actually in you know the offer letter they send you they you're expected to do this <laughs> oh it's in the actual oh, it's in letter there. yeah 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 do you remember what it said uh, you're expected to participate <laughs> okay. so they do say you know you you can you can ride you can volunteer you can do other things but right. i said all right i'm uh, i'm going out and buying a bike there you go so uh, i guess it was may or so uh, yeah went to to our, our local bike shop uh, in back in New Jersey, and I said, "Look, this is this is what I need to be doing. Talk to me about it. Educate me. Tell me what our options are." So excited about that. Signed up March first when it opened. So this will be my first ride, uh, and you know, starting the the training process. So, has anyone told you what it'll be like, like the start of the ride, the emotions, or what you'll see? Not yet. I've I've heard bits and pieces of it about some of the things that go on Friday night. Uh, and then I'm going to ride Saturday. So really, really excited about it. Uh, i am been told that the routes around Columbus are reasonably flat. So we'll <laughs> see, if, uh, uh, see if that was uh, false advertising. Um, but uh, yeah, really there excited. There two or three hills. On, I, on I have no doubt. Yeah, so. Uh, so, so I started, started <laughs> training. Um, but uh, yeah, just thrilled to be part of the community and, and to be part of this, uh, the, the Pelotonia ride. I can tell you in advance that your first Pelotonia is extra special because you don't know what to expect and it's mm -hmm. going to be a lot of emotions and a lot of connections with people. And, and you may even see or ride with a couple of your patients. Yeah, actually, a, a patient of mine who I treated in New Jersey uh, had ridden uh, rides in Pelotonia every year. Really? Yeah. And, and so I had heard about it from him as well. And this was even before you, the, the, the any recruitment or, or discussions that happened. So uh, he, he was a great ambassador for it. Are you going to ride with him or, or connect with him? Uh, he, he's, we're going to touch base. Uh, his group is a bit more advanced oh, okay. than, than what I'm oh, okay. willing to jump into for my first one. So, Dave, that was a great example of how it's important to have doctors, scientists, the James team involved with Pelotonia. So tell me a little about that in, in recruiting, what you tell people, and then how they come to find and, and I guess, like Pelotonia. Yeah, so I, I love the story that he tells about this being in an offer letter that you will <laughs> participate in Pelotonia. That's true. Uh, <laughs> and it's true for our physicians and our scientists because... 
there's nobody in this institution that doesn't benefit directly or indirectly from Pelotonia. And so from that standpoint, it's critically important that we have to demonstrate to the community that we are all engaged and we're either volunteering or riding or fundraising to signal to the community that it's critically important that they do the same thing to make this flywheel spin even faster. Yeah, that was one of the things that in talking to Mike Calagiri, who was the head of the James and the Comprehensive Cancer Center, and he came up with the idea for Peloton. From the beginning, he wanted that connection. He thought that was important to reach out in the community. And it's not just Pelotonia, but I can't imagine you've you've gone to how many talks to Pelotonia groups. I've we I've been to other ones. All the James docs go around, are invited to, and speak and get to know these different teams. Yeah, I would say that the key to the um, contributions to Pelotonia is really that community engagement. Um, it is a tool that we have here that most other academic institutions or any institutions don't have to offer in recruitment, in their fellows, their trainees that allow people to be in a laboratory doing Pelotonia-based cancer research um, under a grant funded by Pelotonia, to do the statewide initiatives to actually focus on prevention and curing cancer before it even develops. So all those pieces require significant uh, engagement with the community. And I think that Dr. Singer's point about someone in New Jersey riding in Pelotonia is just so fascinating because it demonstrates that it's riders from all the counties in Ohio and most of the states in the country and many countries across the world that have heard about this and want to give back and want to contribute to Pelotonia. That's really special. Yeah, and it's interesting how some of us riders, uh, like me, we've recruited people from afar. I had a friend from, I used to live in Philadelphia, I had a friend from Philadelphia ride. My nephew lived in Chicago, has ridden a few times. Another niece who lives in Virginia has ridden. So that's maybe how we can expand into all these other states. Absolutely. So the more that we can make those connections, I think that, again, it makes that flywheel spin even faster. Okay, our next Pelotonia memory doctor is Joel Marison. Joel Mayerson. Joel Mayerson is an orthopedic oncologist, which is really a unique type of surgeon that operates on uh, cancers of the bone and soft tissues. He's one of very few people in the country that do what he does and a true innovator. Uh, he also has major leadership positions in our cancer programs operating rooms to make sure that they're running as efficient and safely uh, as we can be. He is a really remarkable individual that's got connections with patients across the entire continuum because many of the patients that he treats are actually younger because that's where these sarcomas uh, can occur. That's his specialty in those types of cancers. Okay, here's Joel's memory. My favorite memory are really the two times I've ridden with my patients. Um, one time, probably around 10 years ago, I got to ride with one of our nurses. Actually, she was a nurse in a different part of the James. Uh, I took a soft tissue sarcoma uh, out of her and she's done well and she actually uh, changed the place where she worked into our sarcoma clinic and so she's been a, a nurse in our sarcoma clinic for about six to seven years after that. Really? So she was so impressed by you and your team that she wanted to join them? Absolutely. Wow. Uh, and the second patient is one of the patients we had a previous podcast on. Uh, his name is Jared Sylvester. He's a young man who had an osteosarcoma and um, had a distal femur replacement, um, which took about half of his bone out and reconstructed it with a metal bone and knee replacement. And I got to ride 50 miles of Pelotonia with him probably about four years ago, um, and it was amazing. So he has, from his knee down to his ankle, a metal rod. Knee up to his hip. 
hip. Yep. From so the, bo the, bottom, the bottom half okay. of his femur. Yep. What was that like for him riding? How different is it or harder or just different? He says it's different, uh, but uh, he was uh, about 24 at the time. Uh, and his buddy that rode with him was 21. So the two of them combined uh, were still younger than I was when we rode. Um, but, uh, you know, he can ride a bike normally pretty wee and, and very fast. Um, and oh, they, so they, you had a struggle to keep I, up I with them. I had a struggle to keep up with them. Yep. <laughs> Did they at least, you know, pace you? They and, took it. They, they took it easy on me a little bit. Yeah. Wow. What was it like in both cases to to kind of cross that finish line with uh, the woman you operated on and and Jared, who you operated uh, on? You know, it's an amazing feeling. The you know, one of the great things about Pelotonia is the people uh, cheering you on and saying thank you for saving my family member and and that esprit de corps that exists for. Um, for those people that have ridden Peloton, you really understand that and makes it a whole lot of fun. And it just really elevated that to, to know that I had a, a role in uh, helping these two individuals uh, be functional and be able to live a normal life. Um, and it was all part of our James Cancer Program and, and part what why why we ex why Peloton exists uh, and how it helps all of us in our community, um, hopefully end cancer. So Dave, that's a, just a perfect example of how Pelotonia helps connect doctors with their patients in an amazing event experience. And also I've noticed scientists who are in the labs who often don't get to interact with patients do at Pelotonia. And what's that like and, and how does that benefit? Yeah, I think you make a great point, Steve, which is it puts all the pieces together in one place where you start to recognize that whole process of discovery in the laboratory, how it works in the clinical trials that physicians might lead that benefits the patients, that leads to more discoveries. So it's that full circle yeah. that kind of everything happens together at Pelotonia, the community that's layered on top of that, and obviously the volunteers, the fundraising, all of that goes together in a way that is truly the essence of what Pelotonia is to the James, the Comprehensive Cancer Center, and our community in Columbus and beyond. So have you gotten to ride with or, or see some of your patients along the way? Yeah, it's one of the most special things that I've experienced during Pelotonia is seeing my patients on the road. Um, I'll give you a quick example of something which really was poignant is that um, I had actually fallen during Pelotonia, um, injured myself and got back up on the bike and I was hurting pretty badly at that point in time, right around a place where I saw a patient ride by. <laughs> If you ever think about how your mind switches from I'm suffering to I'm supporting, it's in that moment where I say this patient just finished chemotherapy for her cancer. She's out riding a bike, raising money for Pelotonia. And I think that my fall off my bike and a couple scrapes and bruises are really uncomfortable. That's nothing compared to what she went through with surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation therapy. So that I think is the most important thing that you recognize during Pelotonia is that what we do as physicians or scientists um, put patients in enormous peril, and yet they're out here on the road raising money for something which is hopefully going to create a cancer-free world. There's nothing more powerful than that. There you go. So that's another example of what Pelotonia does. It inspires the doctors and the scientists to work even harder because you connect with these people. They're not just a number. These are your, your friends, your, your family almost. Yeah, you spend a lot of time with patients and their families as well. And so when you do see them out there, um, recognizing what they're doing to give back to Pelotonia is so, so powerful. It is really one of those things that, you know, we have signs up 
in our office that talks about Pelotonia. You know, if someone wants to volunteer or to be a challenger or to be a writer, they have those opportunities. I'll reflect upon one of my patients that had literally just finished a bone marrow transplantation for an advanced cancer. Wow. Um, and I said to her, you should ride. And she did. Literally under two months from finishing a transplant, got which, on her which bike. Which makes you very weak and tired. and Absolutely. Got on her bike and rode 50 miles. And she still talks about <laughs> it to say, how did you convince me to do that? <laughs> um, but she really feels proud to have given back and to contributed to have contributed to what we're now doing uh, as standard of care because her contributions led to, again, significant discoveries in clinical trials and prevention uh, that's going to ultimately lead to improving the cancer care we provide here. All right. And it's it's just amazing because I've seen that as I've ride as I've been riding where people will connect like that and it's always kind of emotional. So our next memory is from Samantha Jaglowski. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Samantha? Yeah, so Sam is a a remarkable bone marrow transplant physician. Um, She leads one of our components of our bone marrow transplant quality program. Uh, She is an expert in uh, leukemia and lymphoma, certain types of blood cancers, and is actually working significantly in clinical operations and quality in the BMT program as well. I was still in a lot of recovery, so by July, I was just getting back into being able to see patients inpatient again. So um, I'd been released from physical therapy at that point. I was still in a lot of speech therapy. Um, you know, I, I can't ride because my, my tumor was, you know, affected the part of my brain that deals with balance. Yeah. So my balance is shot, but, um, so no one wants me on a bicycle (laughs) around many, many, many other riders. Um, but I, I volunteered at the first rest stop and, um, I mean, it was just so much fun to see how people were so excited coming through, um, knowing that they were doing something, you know, really great for, for cancer research, for the survivors, you know, having that way to give back. Um, I'm, you know, the, the pandemic was, thing but that there were some good things that came out of it i think and that you know expanding the way that people can help with pelotonia um like saying you know okay maybe i can't ride maybe you know there's some other stuff i can't do but i can you know come up with a goal and raise money um and help out in other ways so i think that's one of the really cool things that's, that's come the, out of the last few they years cha- yeah they added that challenger mm-hmm. uh participation aspect of Pelotonia mm-hmm. where you you sign up and you, you create a challenge and raise money. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's, you know, cool for people who are maybe not going to be able to get on a bike for 25 or 200 miles. So Dave, you know Samantha well, and it was a little unclear, but uh, she was diagnosed with a brain tumor, pretty significant brain tumor in the months before the first Pelotonia and had an operation. You can hear it impacted her balance and just her speech a little bit, but she's kind of why we ride. I mean, she's so courageous and determined and wanted to get back to her normal life and her patients. She wanted to get back to help other patients. So I mean, that's why we ride for people who have been diagnosed and are living with cancer. That's why we ride. That's exactly right. And so Sam is a great example of, again, a physician in the James that it got impacted, required a major operation that took her out of the ability to bike, but it didn't take her out of the ability to recognize the value of Pelotonia. She recognized that she can participate as a challenger. 
uh, or as a fundraiser, and certainly as a volunteer as well. If you didn't have all those parts together, you couldn't do what we do. You couldn't raise the money. You couldn't lead to the discoveries as well. But Sam is truly a remarkable individual that um, it, she described it. It was kind of a, you know, a speed bump for her. You know, hey, this was really hard. I couldn't ride my bike, but man, she is all in on Pelotonia, did everything she could to give back in all the ways that she can. And that example that she described is true for many other physicians and scientists, staff members across the James, across Columbus as well. They, everybody wants to give in some way if they can. Yeah, we've, there have been, there are several James doctors and scientists who've been diagnosed and treated for cancer and several of them ride and we've talked about it on the podcast. So it's, it's not this concept that's out there. It's, it's real life for, yeah. for many people. Again, in the, in the U.S., uh, 40% of people are going to be diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime, if you think about it. So it's going to happen. It happens to staff and faculty and learners at the cancer program. Uh, and for that reason, it's really important that they recognize what they can do to give back because, again, Pelotonia benefits them as scientists, physicians, or staff members in some way, directly or indirectly. It's a perfect circle. It is. <laughs> um, our last memory comes from Mary Dilhoff. So why don't you introduce Mary? Mary is a unique individual. She's a <laughs> surgical oncologist who, again, like Dr. Pollock, is an expert in pancreatic cancer. She's the director of the James Pancreatic Multidisciplinary Clinic, which incorporates our surgeons, our radiation oncologists, our medical oncologists, and all the supportive components that go into treating patients with pancreatic cancer. And she contributes to Pelotonia in ways that you have never heard of before. Yeah, let's hear this very unique way in which Mary <laughs> participates in Pelotonia. Many memories of Pelotonia, but my favorite one of all the years was the first year I decided that since I was a little scared of biking and getting on a bike always made me a little frightened that I was going to wreck, I decided that I was going to run as much of Pelotonia as I thought reasonable. So early in the years, I started in the 30-some miles, which people thought was crazy. You ran 30 miles. I ran 30-some miles. but on, then the, on the day of Pelotonia. On the day of Pelotonia, <laughs> I would start, and I always love to finish at the end. So I like to finish with, you know, the party and in, everybody. In Gambier, in Gambier. At College. Yes. Okay. So I always plan it out so that I can finish there. But every year, we've been growing this, um, this the amount of miles, and... Several years ago, my dad was diagnosed with metastatic lung cancer oh. two years ago. And so when he was 72 at that year, I decided I was going to celebrate my dad, who is still alive thanks to the James mm. and is getting treated here at the James. I was going to run 72 miles for him. And so um, I had never ran 72 <laughs> miles before. Not many, not many people have. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I do love to run and run a lot, just not that much. So I um, decided I was going to, I didn't want to run overnight by myself up on those streets in rural oh, Ohio. Oh, 72 miles would take... It would take me a long, it would yeah. take me, more yeah, than, yeah, like to more than 12 hours. Yeah. So I was like, well, I can't do that at night by myself. So I started on Friday night after work and I ran until dark. <laughs> And so I ran 20, the first year I ran 20 some miles that night. And then I stayed at home, slept a few hours. I drove my car then up 50 miles or so from the end. And then I finished, you know, to make 72 miles and finished at the finish line. Well, first of all, when you woke up 
Saturday morning, you'd run 20 the night before and you had 50 ahead of you. What did your body tell you? It was actually <laughs> shockingly not that bad. Really? Yeah, the one thing that we're like, I wasn't, we're not racing, right? So yeah. like I usually pester a friend to come with me and you know, we would just chat and run and we'd stop at water stops yeah. and see the bikers. And it's always fun now that we've done this several years now, it's always fun I start early in the morning because I don't want to interfere with the bikes either. So I'll run on the left-hand side and usually start at daylight. And I'll, and then it's always fun trying to see, like, try to get as far as we can to see the first bikes passing us. So then we, you know, we'll start seeing the bikes come by and it's a lot of fun to say do, hi. Do the people talk to you? Almost yeah. everyone asks us. <laughs> Where's your bike? <laughs> Are you wearing a shirt that identifies you as a Peloton? I usually will put my tag on my back. Uh, oh, you, have you know, a tag. like uh. like my um, you know, like your registration tag for your bike. I'll usually put that on my backpack, and I'll usually I usually wear a backpack of water because. Clearly, the water yeah. stops are made for bikers and not right. runners. And so, and then um, my lovely family, typically my husband, when we get out into the afternoon and it's getting hot, uh, yeah. he'll cruise around in the car and give us Gatorade or snacks or whatever. And the kids will usually say hi. And we just keep trucking along until we're done. What time do you get to Gambier? Uh, the last few years, around three o'clock, we've gotten in the there. afternoon. Yep. Oh, that's not as I thought it was going to be it's, much later. It's not that bad. We just keep moving. You 50 know, like miles. you just truck <laughs> yeah. along. You know, like we're not sprinting. We just truck along. And so that's Saturday. How do you feel Sunday morning? I have felt much worse racing marathons than doing this, believe it or not. Because you're going you're, faster yes. in the marathon? Yep. And... Like this just going slower is way easier on my body than racing. Well, I'm going to do this year. I'll do that 100-mile one on Saturday, and I'm going to look for you. I'll stop, and we'll, do. we'll chat. I always <laughs> love, like I'll see my friends zoom by, and yeah. I always love to say hi. So uh, you'll have to tell me if you're taking the hilly Hilly or oh. not hilly, and then I'll and we'll I'll. Oh. Generally, I like the hilly one because I, of course, oh, want it to good. be more of a challenge. There you go. I'll, I'll do the hilly <laughs> one too then, when I'll see you at the top of the biggest hill. You got it. <laughs> All right. So we've just met the most physically fit doctor of the James by far. Hmm. That's pretty amazing. Seventy-two miles running. I ran a marathon once. 30 years ago, I couldn't walk for three days after. I don't know how she does it. <laughs> I ran a marathon once five years ago and lost seven toenails. So I don't oh. know how she does it as well. <laughs> uh, but Mary's a remarkable individual. Again, this just demonstrates her personal commitment to what Pelotonia means to her, her patients with pancreatic cancer, to the James and the Comprehensive Cancer Center. Um, I've seen her out on the road before. I'm someone who likes to bike and kind of just go. I will always stop and talk to Mary and cheer her on. I mean, that is a contribution that uh, not many people, if anyone but her and her friend, are able to make. It truly is remarkable. Yeah. And a great final memory, Bill. Let's close with our memories from the most recent, the 14th Palatania ride. And we did talk about this, and you had quite an eventful 2022 Palatania. What what happened? Yeah, so I, I had a friend that came in from Chicago um, whose mother had died of ovarian cancer, and he rode actually in a previous Pelotonia and wanted to come back again. And it was really special to ride with him. Um, we just kind of took it relatively slowly, stopped at all the water stops, um, engaged with everyone that we could. A couple of really great memories that I had. One was an individual. I was going up a hill, and we were kind of slowly cruising up together. And this man said that Pelotonia saved his life. 
And I said, great, I'd love to hear more about this. Are you a cancer survivor? He said, no, I don't have cancer. He said, but I was on my couch at about 350 pounds and realized that I heard something about a bike ride raising money for cancer. And that was his inspiration to actually get off of his couch, buy a bike and start exercising. He said he had lost over 150 pounds because of cycling. And so that's an area that I never thought about the engagement in the community and how cycling as a sport or as exercise actually can help to save lives outside of the fundraising for cancer. So that was really special to hear. Yeah, that's interesting because exercise and having a good weight and a good um, uh, meal plan can reduce your risk of cancer. That's exactly right. So we're, we're by riding in Pelotonia and training for Pelotonia, hopefully people are reducing their risk for cancer. Yeah. I also got to leverage my skills as a previous bike mechanic uh, <laughs> on the road itself. There was a gentleman that was at an unofficial rest stop with a flat tire. Um, and he said he'd been trying to change the tire for a fairly substantial period of time. Um, I was able to get the tire off, put a new tube in there and change it in record time. Um, and so I think, again, special training before I was a physician <laughs> that led me to be able to help this gentleman out was really a great thing to do on the road. Well, I know bike mechanics have the world's strongest fingers because getting that last inch or two of the tire into the inside the, the wheel is hard. Do surgeons have extra strong fingers? Uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but I certainly was able to <laughs> do things that others were not able to on the road. So I was really honored to be able to help and give back that way as well in Pelotonia. But be careful. You, your hands are your livelihood, Dave. <laughs> exactly. You can't do a robotic tire change. So if you can ever get to that place, I'll be safe. And I, there's one more story, and this might be my favorite one, something after Pelotonia. Oh, yeah. So I was flying um, to Europe after Pelotonia uh, with my son. And so we were in the airport and there was a page that came from the gate agent that said, you know, Dr. Cohn uh, and family, please approach the desk uh, for some documentation. And so Uh (laughs) I went, exactly. What did I do? So I went up to the desk and um, I gave my passport. My son gave his passport. He said, I know who you are. I said, I'm sorry. He said, uh, your, your gynecologic cancer team saved my wife's life. And I just want to thank you for what you were able to do to give my wife time, give her back to the family as well. And so to have that on the last day after Pelotonia to kind of, again, bring things full circle was just unbelievably special. Uh, and to me was such a poignant end to the Pelotonia year, the 14th year of Pelotonia. And I cannot wait for uh, just a few weeks from now for the 15th year of Pelotonia. Wow. That's a great story. And I think a great way to end this podcast. Thank you for being my co-host and towing me up this mountain. It's a pleasure. So I can't wait to see you out on the road as well, Steve. This podcast is brought to you by the Ohio State University Comprehensive Cancer Center, Arthur G. James Cancer Hospital, and Richard J. Solov Research Institute. For more information, check out our website, cancer.osu.edu.